Please join me for the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Holy God, anchor of our life, through the power of your Holy Spirit, may we hear and understand your word as to tell today. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the book of James, chapter 2, verse 17. Hear these words. So faith by itself, it has no works, is dead. The word of God for people of God. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'll chalk that up to me being a little tired after the last uh, week of UM Army. How's that? Um, I got to tell you a story. When I was 16, I worked at a little place called Cousins Subs. Now, this is not a place that is in Texas. This is a place that's in Wisconsin, way up in the frigid tundra. And uh, I worked there for a little while. I um, had a lot of focus issues back then. Uh, not much has changed. But <laughs> I was uh, a less than stellar worker. Uh, I was one time in the middle of making a ham and cheese sandwich and a song came on the radio in the sink room where we washed the dishes and it was on a pop radio station and it was DC Talk. I don't know how many of you know who DC Talk is, but they were like one of the first Christian rock bands that ever came out. And so I heard the song and I went, oh, this is my jam. And so I went over to the sync room and I started rocking out on the air guitar and singing along to every word like I did at youth group when that song came on. But we weren't at youth group. I was at my job in the middle of making a sandwich. They let me go the next time I showed up. <laughs> As it turns out, uh, the verse that we just read could have a little addendum. Faith without work uh, gets you fired. So <laughs> the Bible doesn't really say that, just to be clear. Uh, James, the author of the passage, does say a lot of things, however. Uh, a little information on James. Uh, if you're looking for James in the original language of the New Testament, you won't find it. I was surprised. In Greek, the person's name is actually Jacob. Uh, the name was changed in 1611 when a little thing called the King James Bible was released. Perhaps you can find out why the name was changed, maybe. It's always nice to be reminded that the Bible wasn't written in English. The, the book of James uh, is written to the diaspora. Now, what in the world is a diaspora? Well, it means the Jews who were living outside of Jerusalem. So these are people who know that God has called God's people to the promised land, and they are not allowed to live there. There's a lot of history and a lot of emotion behind that word. James reminds them you're not in the promised land, the land that God promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Now, the only identifier of James, the writer of this epistle or letter, is that he is a servant of Jesus Christ. And if you're to look through the New Testament, you will see a bunch of different Jameses. <laughs> There's quite a few. There's about four or five, even six, 
uh, son of Alphaeus is the last one. And people are like, okay, which one of them is it? We don't know. There's a lot of dispute over who wrote it. And it could even be something called a pseudepigrapha, which is a fancy word that means not really written by that person, but written under that person's guise to give it some authority. And this is not like it is in current day where we see history as this thing that must be exactly the way that it was in its real context. But no, these are still authoritative works. The ancient Near East wasn't concerned with that kind of authorship. Now, James is offering practical advice in this book for those Jewish people who find themselves outside of the land that God promised them. By the time this letter was written, which is also disputed, great, because uh, <laughs> we can't agree on anything, but that's okay. All right, uh, the time the letter was written, the temple had been destroyed, and the temple was the center of religious worship for the Jewish people. So that's kind of a big deal. James lays out this letter to remind all of those who are feeling like outsiders, like they are far from home, of the way in which they ought to act, no matter where they may be. So this specific Bible passage today that says faith without works is dead, it is surrounded by texts that talk about two things. One, they talk about the taming of the tongue. And the second thing that surrounds it is being hearers and doers of the word, not just hearing it. Now, I find this really fascinating that this is surrounded or bookended by these two things, but we'll dive into that a little bit later. I want to share that Josh and Matt came up to UM Army on Tuesday. Now, as many of you know, we've been gone for the past week, and that's why we're wearing these cool salmon Shirts? Yeah, they're salmon. That's what we'll go with. Uh, we're wearing these cool shirts. We have had an excellent, excellent experience. Um, so many of us have been able to share uh, some of those things. So Josh uh, was able to take video of the students answering some questions about what it meant to be a part of UM Army. So Jake, if you can show us that video now, that'd be great. Making new friends and working with our work team and our client was so grateful because she can't walk and so now she can get out of her house. Well, the other night we did a giant little scavenger hunt around the city and that was a lot of fun and pretty interesting. Attempting to build brands. Yeah. Attempting? Well, it doesn't always go to plan. You know, sometimes you gotta you get out to the work site and it's not what it seems like and you gotta kind of find workarounds in a normal way. You gotta kind of figure out your own path. So thank you. One of the oldest things I had to do was we, drive, we would drive through these really nice houses over by, well, sour houses was and then we go to the wolf site and all the houses are like run down, pretty beat up, but we're out there to help them, so that's what we're trying to do. I mean, the post hole was okay. It was the hardest, but that was it. Oh, the heat, oh my gosh. You came when it's shady, you're lucky. It's the hardest 
I guess getting everyone to work together. This is my first year as an adult, so I have to, for the first time, like guide people instead of just being told what to do and go do it. So I guess making sure everyone is kind of working together and doing what they're supposed to do. Being quiet when we need to. <laughs> um, the most difficult thing has been trying to not let heads with different ways of doing things. Probably in worship. Worship? Yeah. Nice. Alright. Yeah, we're pretty far away from any type of. Uh, restaurant or gas station or anything. And so we ended up asking a local business to use the restroom for bathroom break. And she said, oh yeah, no problem. And uh, so we've been using it with our nasty bodies and sweaty selves and they're just letting us in there and walking on the carpet and coming in there and using the restroom. So pretty amazing of her to do that for us. Uh, definitely in worship, you know, everyone's singing, loving each other. Uh, at the work site too, you know, meeting your client, you know, seeing that they really need this and you're the only one who can do it for them. And then, I guess everyone bonding, your work team getting close throughout the week. It's only Tuesday, but, you know, each day you get closer and closer, so I'd say those things for sure. And the, the client who brought us Gatorades, even though we didn't, we told her we have stuff and we didn't need it. I've seen God in my group part of it. They have worked really well to get together and they've been doing really good. Really yeah, I'm also powerful because we've been holding a bunch of brand new songs. We've done a bunch of old games and all that. And it's really awesome to see just everybody posting as one. So we have uh, a, lot of, a lot of testimony here about what was good and what was hard and what was easy. And if you don't know what UM Army is like, it's going to work on sites, people's houses, that oftentimes are run down and falling apart and that's what needs to be rebuilt or people who have mobility issues who can't get around. And so we built wheelchair ramps, and we built stairs, and we built porches, and we built shelter, and we built so many things, and we painted and we restored siding, and all of these things, and then went from there to these incredible homes with four showers with a sauna in it. Like, it was, the dichotomy was fascinating. And so we also did a ton of fun stuff back at base camp, uh, and went out and did photo scavenger hunt and bowling and these other cool activities. So in the middle of this work, there's this juxtaposition of we also get to walk outside of that world. And it's been really fascinating. Josh and I and Matt had a really interesting conversation as we were driving in the car. We were headed out to one of the work sites so that we could get some of those videos. And on our way out there, we're talking about the theology of work. We were talking about how work is uh, perceived in a very interesting way in our culture. We left from base camp to collect these videos. We talked about how work is often seen as a method of production. 
and that uh, there are jobs that don't have tangible results that you can put your hands on, and they're viewed often as less hardworking. I led worship for camp this week, which was an amazing experience. But I was telling them how I was not only doing this uh, work as a worship leader, but I was also a work team adult. And so I was on the site digging holes, uh, helping nail boards, cutting and sawing uh, lumber. And so we, I was saying, that's exhausting. It's a lot when you do that kind of work. But it was, it's perceived as easy sometimes. Maybe preaching is even perceived as easy. I don't know. But Josh and I and Matt are traveling and we stopped at one of these sites and we hop out of the car. And I get out of the car and I take but a step. And one of the other work team adults looks at me and goes, hey, you're from base camp, aren't you? Yeah. Why don't you come over here and dig me an 18-inch hole with this post holer? I go, okay. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I knocked it out in about a minute flat, but still, like, it's just that, that idea of, like, you, you don't actually do work. It's fascinating. Work's a bit of a hot-button topic for all of us. Everyone seems to have different perspectives on work. Last week, Peter said some excellent things about work in his sermon about play. He said when work is about provision, we've lost sight of our creativity and how that is supposed to echo God's nature. And he said that work is not the same thing as production, even though the two have often been conflated in our culture. And so I'm going to make sure that those two points that are really good undergird this sermon. See, a theology of work is vastly different from an attitude about work. A theology of work means that we come to an understanding of who God is and then let that influence our work rather than assuming that what we've been taught about work is fundamentally correct and that God must bend in order to fit our definition. And this is difficult, y'all. It is difficult because what we believe about work is so deeply embedded in who we are that it affects every aspect of our life, our self-worth, our politics, our giving, our service, our spending habits, our understanding of Sabbath, our morality. Everything is affected by our work. And if everything is affected by what we believe about work, then we had better be sure that we've been very, very intentional about those beliefs towards work. So let's get intentional. We get intentional by answering two questions. What does God have to say about work? One. And... Who is God to? The passage in James says that faith without works is dead. Work is obviously important according to God and Scripture. Remember how I pointed out earlier that James surrounds this passage on work and faith with the hearing and doing of the word and controlling the tongue? That's intentional. 
James is framing his speech to show that the work he is talking about is both tangible, able to be grasped, and intangible. This intangible work James mentions is controlling your tongue. Don't be shy. We all struggle with things sometimes. There is no judgment here. How many of you have ever struggled with controlling your tongue? Okay, thank you. Thank you for all of you honest people in the room. I do it too. James also says that you should be both hearers and doers of the word. Again, no judgment. How many of us read something in the text or hear something from a sermon and go, ooh, little too real. I, uh, I can't, uh, I can't do that right now. That's a little too hard. That's a little too convicting. Okay, good. <laughs> it happens. I do it too. And I have to come back and go, ah, oh, that's right. I ought to do that hard work. Work is often defined in our churches as production and provision. And while these things are indeed work, and I am not downplaying them, we need to have our faith and action produce tangible results. We need to go to UM Army and build wheelchair ramps. We need to go to faith and action and help and serve. We need to go to the food basket and give food to the poor and the needy. That is necessary work that God has called us to do. But if we stop there, then we are missing the point. See, if faith without works is dead, then works without faith is incomplete and empty. What we believe about God is essential to our work. And our most important work as those who love and follow Jesus is understanding who God is. And if we do not do the work of seeking understanding of who God is, then we will never truly line up with God's understanding of work. So what is this passage really getting at? James tells us when he says to be hearers and doers of the word, this word is a fascinating word. Uh, In Greek, it's logos. Elsewhere in the text, this word logos is used. John 1, 1. And that verse says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So by being doers of the Word and not just hearers, what we are doing is the work of faith. Seeking to hear Jesus. To hear God the Father. To hear the Holy Spirit and to do what they say. So may our scripture, our traditions, our reason, our experience, and our work point us first towards seeking understanding of who God is, and then doing the hard work of allowing God to work in us. Our most important work is allowing God to change and transform who we are because it is only then that we can put our faith into action 
and do the work that God has called us to do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.